All right, welcome to another episode of Two Shot Tuesday. Barry Nixon here alongside Jason Riley, and this week we are thrilled to be welcoming TJ Chelsea to the show. Yeah. A little bit about TJ, and, and there's a lot of things I'm going to mention here, TJ, and correct me if any of this is incorrect. You're an actor, director, writer, producer, bodybuilder. All those things are accurate, right? Yeah, awesome. It's I'm all pretty... accurate, except uh, it goes, it's Chesley, not Chelsea. Is it Chesley? Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. Okay. Look at that. You guys go way back. So we just met TJ on the street, we should tell everybody. And he is now doing the show. He's a complete stranger. This is this is quite something. And I am embarrassed, but I'm also thankful for you correcting me. I, I won't make that error going forward. Oh, uh, every, everyone does it. Everyone does. It's no big deal. Don't worry. But everything else, 100 percent accurate. 100%, yeah. Okay. That's amazing. Not even a triple threat, like a septuple threat. Is that is that what it is? Just making stuff up now. I'm just making up words now. Welcome to the show. What are you up to these days? Uh, right now, I'm working on a show called um, uh, Farmhouse Facelift. So nice. it's one of those home renovation uh, reality shows where they go in and they give someone's farmhouse, usually up in northern Ontario. We were just up in Bob Cajun. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. And they give them a, a big facelift and they reveal it to them and a big surprise. And yeah, and then they go, we go do it somewhere else. Nice. My, my partner, Aldo, and I, Aldo loves the reveal on those like home renovation show. So we joke, like, oh, I mean, we're moving. The That's what everybody, we thought that we should do a show where there's like just reveals. Yeah. Back, there to, back to back, back to back, to back with no context, just a reveal. <laughs> well, some of these houses, the people, they stay in another part of the house or they stay out of town. Mm -hmm. uh, there's some people though, who make sure they don't look, uh, some people could peek. I don't yeah. think it's fun when you peek. No because, kidding. Yeah. You're not surprised. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, they get a big kick out of it. It's really good. That's awesome. So what is your role uh, in this show, TJ? I'm working in the art department. So basically we come in and um, we kind of set up the house with uh, after they've done all the contracting and stuff. And I work under the lead designer. Her name is Laura Fowler. She uh, uh, has design plans and we just come uh, spruce things up and pick things up, uh, bring all the furniture in and stuff like that. It's not, it's not very glamorous on this show. That's so pretty cool. So you're like doing the set dressing, basically. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Very cool. Has there been one reveal that sticks out in your mind, like where you you thought this was either super impressive or just the reaction of the actual owners? I've never seen the sh the farmhouse before. I oh. always see like I come in and the designers are just incredible, and I think uh, I've like secondhand picked up a design in uh, a design eye for decorative stuff just working with them, which I didn't think would happen. And cool. they just do incredible, incredible work. And they just make these spaces come alive. And, and it's just it's just amazing to be around. Nice. And are, do they do one episode at a time? Or would you say be off doing another episode, like, you know, while, you know, pre-production, post-production, while, while they're out doing one, is, are they setting up the next one? Or is it kind of one at a time? Well, generally, you know, they're always building the things ahead of time. Yeah. Um, we usually do reveals, like, every two weeks. So they've already got it built and then the camera crew will come in one week and shoot some stuff with the host doing work. And then once it's finished, we come in the next week and we spruce it all up and then they film, they'll film the reveal with the people. And then the next day they'll film like B-roll of just clean shots that they can cut to during the, during the show. Mm -hmm. And they, on the Sunday they do like uh, still photography for it for promotional purposes. So it's nice. Like and where can this show be seen? Is it on, uh, like HGTV or? I believe it's on HGTV. Cool. Yeah. Great. Now, the ultimate reveal 
would have to have been the Two Shot Tuesday headshots that were done. <laughs> for, you did the promo poster for our show, the promo, all the promo artwork. Yeah, that's right. Fun time, man. Uh, that was like a year ago. Look at you guys now. Yeah, we're at episode. What, this has got to be close to sixty now. We've been consistent yeah. every single week, and uh, but yeah, it wasn't real, TJ, until we actually saw yeah. your headshots. That's what actually made it real. Before it was just me and Jay talking about maybe we're going to do a podcast, but then when we actually got the work done with you, that's what solidified it. So, thank you for that. Yeah, no problem. I remember that was a really fun day. Uh, you two made me laugh a lot. Barry always makes me laugh. He's funny. <laughs> well, I think the weed also helped, you know, <laughs> if we're being honest. Here. Uh, should we just start off with a cheers? Because I think it's about time. You know what? We kick off a show with not one, but two shots. Two shots. Let's start with the first two one. Sh- well, well, we do the first one, and then yeah. the second one comes. I shouldn't say we kick off the show. Oh, yeah. I thought you were changing the format on us, Jay. No, it's it's still just Two Shot Tuesday. In fact, the just is the most important part of the name. That's not true. Okay. Hey, let's do shot number one. All right, shot number one, Jay. Last week, I introduced Kettle One on the show. I'm back to it. It's delicious. I am sticking with classic Jameson. And TJ, what have you got? I have uh, some Jack Daniels Tennessee honey. Ooh, nice. sweet. Cheers. 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 All right, TJ, I want to touch on a subject that I know is near and dear to your heart, and that is 80s action films. <laughs> All right. Important. And I want to talk about one in particular because I, I have this vision of a part two, and, I, and there's only one guy I think you could actually do this, and that would be you in Cobra, the sequel. People, if you. If That's good casting. Sure, That's good casting. Right? Cobra 2 you know, Cobretti rising or however they're going to call it, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, you're Cobra's kid, you know, yeah. and you're coming up in the world and now you want to be a badass detective like your old man. What do you think? I've often actually dreamed of that and saying, how can I make a Cobra 2? I'm no joke. <laughs> I'm not joking. I My goal is I want to make Cobra 2, Marion Cobretti. How do I make that happen? Yeah. I think you got your pitch right there. I think Barry's I mean, we could perfect. do it like, like guerrilla style, like always sunny in Philadelphia. They always had this running gag of doing sequels to Lethal Weapon. And they did like five or six very cheaply made sequels. So, I mean, there's no reason why you couldn't go and do likewise with Cobra 2. Well, maybe. Um, did you see they did a remake of uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but it's like a dramatic take on it? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So what they did is someone made like a video, I think, uh, according to the the, the rap from the beginning of the show and they made a dramatic turn on it. And then Will Smith ended up, I think, uh, seeing it and uh, uh, he's producing or executive producing the show. Maybe I need to make my own gorilla Cobra to see totally. it alone to see it. Yeah. Come up with some yeah. nice one-liners and uh, <laughs> get it going. Some montages as I'm, you know, interrogating people in the streets and stuff. Yeah. And, now, and Bar- keeping grocery stores safe. That was another thing that uh, he was facing. <laughs> Cobretti was always there whenever there was a grocery store under siege. He was the guy you, yeah. you would call. You know, Barry and I would like to be in this. So what, you know, what, what roles do you see for us in this Cobra 2? Or at least in the montage that's going to sell this through. Um, I'll play I a think, dead guy. I think, uh, <laughs> I think you guys need to be like, uh, remember in uh, Cobra where he parks his nice car outside of his place and you got that uh, the gang outside that kind of... Uh, yeah, the tough. Uh-huh. Yeah, the tough guys. I think that's what you guys... <laughs> I think so. That's good. On that kind of thing. I think we could do that. AJ, do you want to play the heavy? Yeah, I can be the heavy. Oh, could I wear one of those duster jackets? Maybe now that's a good time, Barry, to incorporate the duster. 
<laughs> Although Cole Brady might be wearing the that, wouldn't he? So well, we can't have two I'm not dusters. sure he's a duster guy. He's he's more of a, a classic biker jacket. So Was duster yeah. that uh, that takes a certain kind of you know uh, panache. <laughs> but I think you have it, Jay. Okay, I'm gonna wear the, the duster. <laughs> it would be an interesting update because the whole thing in the first one was that uh, he everyone's on him because he goes too far. Yeah. You know, with the with the criminals. And now in today's climate, I mean, it's so things are much different than they are back then. So it'd be an interesting mm-hmm. kind of lead how you would navigate that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And he wouldn't be able to get away with nearly with with everyone having cell phones and recording everything. I mean, mm, already probably true. wouldn't last a month on the job now. <laughs> probably, probably right like he wouldn't even get past his probation <laughs> he'd already be fired for his uh his tactics but I, I like this idea i really do i do remember the tagline is it crime is the disease i'm the cure is that it yes That's i exactly, do remember it yeah exactly right i can picture the poster i know it or he's the Good. cure but he's i'm the cure i have the dvd i remember we used to do those 80s action uh after days. saturday afternoons yeah. yeah you had you had saturday afternoon Action we had it a couple days? of times. Yeah, we had '80s action. It was like did you super, watch? super Sunday. Uh, we watched a couple. We watched uh, two Rambo's. Uh, oh, we yeah. watched Cobra, um, and I think we also watched. Uh, we didn't get to Commando, um, but I feel like we may have watched Total Recall. What about Predator? Did that make it? I don't think it did. No. My I, clearest I, I memory did. though is is Cobra. Yeah, Cobra. <laughs> Cobra. Cobra's in a league of its own. It really is. Jay, I feel like you might have something. You're you looking know what? Down at your omnibus over there. Yeah, so my, my, my topics. I did have a topic. Is there a chore that you gentlemen do that you actually enjoy? This is something that I think our listeners need to know. What's a chore, but you kind of enjoy it? And then I'll, I'll tell you what I was thinking about when I, why I'm asking that question. All right, let's start with TJ. Well, a chore I used to enjoy at my house was uh, vacuuming because I got this Dyson vacuum. Yes, the vacuum, the Dyson. You sit on the wall and you go around and do all that. But I don't know what happened. Now it only last, used to last like, I don't know, eight to 10 minutes. Now it lasts about 45 seconds. <laughs> and I, I dread vacuuming now. It takes about, because I'll, I'll, I'll vacuum for about 45 seconds. Then I have to recharge it for about 30 seconds. And then it comes back for 45 seconds again. So. Barry, what about you? What's a chore? But you enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I think every now and again, I like cleaning out the fridge. You really? know, getting rid of Ooh. getting rid of some old stuff that's still hanging around, like you know, like old condiments or you know, sometimes there's some fruit or vegetable that's kind of sitting in the crisper that's uh, well past its best before and needs yeah. to go. So there's something nice about clearing that stuff out. Well, I can tell you one time when I when I was in my very my the first appointment that apartment that I had on my own. I, there was a, a stink coming from the fridge and I actually called the superintendent. I'm like, we need to get there's something wrong. There's something wrong. And I tried to clean it out. Exorcism. <laughs> exactly. But before he got up, I'm like, I better clean this out so they can come in because they're going to replace it. And I pulled an orange out of there that was white. It was snowball white. It, was, it had rotten Ugh. that much. I don't know why <laughs> wow. I bought it. I still remember it. And then I called the guy. I'm like, no, we're all fine. Everything's good. That was the aroma that was coming out. It was snowball white and it just you know, you touch it and it just collapsed in my hand. It was <laughs> so gross. That's not even good to be making prison hooch. That's, no, it, that, it was that's awful. That's that is, man. Holy God. It was awful. Um, but the chore I enjoy and why I asked about it, I enjoy shoveling. Like, I actually like shoveling. I think it's just the fact that you can control nature. It's one of the only things where you, you take it and you move it and you put it somewhere and it stays there. Like, grass grows back 
and you know hair grows back and but snow just stays there and you could actually control it huh yeah when i was younger we had a long driveway and there were uh, four kids so we each had our own section to to show oh, that's good and i was the end of the driveway so after i get my my section done though you then you have the snow plow come by and then just does the big pile right at the end so i used to hate that guy when he came by <laughs> yeah and you know I, I feel like those guys maybe get off on that a little bit because they know it's decidedly inconvenient. It's the same thing with cars that are parked on the road. They're, those guys are getting stuck as well, right? Like yeah. when the plow goes by, the, now you got a huge drift, possibly covering your, your entire car. Yeah. I, I, I got to admit, if I was in their position, I would, I would laugh a bit. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. You if would, you had time, you could actually, I'd stop my plow just before as the guy's shoveling out his driveway and I just wait there. And then when he finished, then come around. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> You had the time. That is just sadistic, right? isn't it's it? Like, though it's like want, it would be satisfying. <laughs> yeah, that's like even evil villain level sadistic. Yeah. That's what I want to do in the Cobra remake. That's that's how I want to be that guy. Oh. I want to be the snowplow guy that waits. The sadistic snowplow guy. You have to come but you, after. But you also have to be like sex crazed as well. It's not just enough to be a snowplow. If you want to be in Cobra too, you got to up the ante with your villain. villain Sign villain. me up, sex crazed snowplow guy. That writes itself. That's a treatment. <laughs> We just got to get this in front of Sly. I think we've got a deal. Oh, boy. All right, for shot number two, I am returning to classic Jameson. Barry? Yeah, once again, into the Kettle One. And I'm still on the honey train. Beautiful. Cheers. Cheers. So, uh, TJ, you were involved, uh, I think, last year, maybe the year before that, in a documentary you participated in where you were uh, bodybuilding and, and ultimately competed. So maybe you can take us through a little bit about that experience and what you learned from it. And Yeah, I was, um, I was doing a documentary uh, about uh, exercise and mental health. And, uh, and so what I did was um, I went around and I found some people whose uh, stories were interesting. I had uh, one lady who and escaped escaped a uh, abusive marriage uh, from India. She had to uh, secretly leave and come to Canada, and she found strength uh, through exercise. And now she's an IFBB pro. Wow. Um, another gentleman who was born with uh, only uh, half of his arm. I forget the name of the condition that it's called, but he had body image issues. Uh, didn't want to go to the gym. He was so scared people would look at me. People, what were they going to say? Mm-hmm. He started working out at home with this kind of uh, improv- improvised setup. And then he just got over it uh, and started going. And, you know, people come up to all, come to him all the time. And this is what I did when I talked to him and tell what an inspiration to see him working out. When you see someone in there uh, working out one arm, it kind of makes you feel like, hey, well, I have no excuse then, right? And another gentleman yeah. who was uh, overcoming cancer, 74 years old, a Jamaican gentleman, never worked out before, and now it's part of his regular routine. He's turned his life around uh, wow. health-wise and stuff. So to highlight their stories and to kind of bring that documentary together in an external way, I uh, competed in a physique show because uh, I felt that was something that was beyond my capabilities. Mm-hmm. And so that's something I went for. So it was a... A physique show, not so much uh, like the big muscle building, but more of the beach look. Mm-hmm. And this one was a drug-free one, so there was no steroids, there was no money on the line, there was no huge notoriety. It's just kind of, uh, you know, your own sense of accomplishment. 
and I trained for that and uh, competed and I won um, I won my division like the amateur division mm-hmm. and I won the uh, open thing I think it was called which was like the over 40 and I, I had just turned 40 so I kind of got in under the radar nice. <laughs> that's awesome awesome and how long so, did you train uh, for it I trained for well I had always been working out um, the part of the reason I made this was the effect that the gym had on my life and how I was uh, not feeling too great in where I was going in my life at the time. And I found strength through exercise. And, and it started out as me wanting to make a kind of love letter to the gym uh, as a way that, hey, I found strength here. Maybe mm-hmm. someone else will see this and they'll find the same thing. Mm-hmm. So that's how it kind of started out. And I grabbed my friend, uh, Brendan Stevenson, him on board, and we did it together. I ended up training for about, I think it was 12 weeks. Yep. Uh, most guys, a lot of people train for like, you know, 20, 25 weeks and and stuff. But I was already in pretty decent shape. But um, just really focusing in was, was tough. And, and like I said, it wasn't like I was putting on huge amounts of muscle. It was just a physique show. So it was more about looking the part. Uh, it's kind of like a cover model look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I think the biggest thing that really took me to the next level is I bought like a, a scale, food scale. And I started weighing everything that I ate according to cal- uh, the calories and the different um, your proteins, your carbs, and your and your fats. And once I started to do that, the, the change was incredible. It just it really took took me to the next level in the way my body looked. It was really mm-hmm. eye opening. It's something I still do today. To I kind of like to keep an eye on what how much is going into my body and, and, and that sort of stuff. Wow. And I also heard that you didn't drink any alcohol at all during this process, right? Yeah. No. No. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. What, yeah. what, what was, um, you know, what was kind of the most surprising thing or most interesting thing you learned from, you know, the journeys that you were documenting as well? Is there anything that stands out for you? Well, I mean, one of the reasons I started is I found out people at the gym, like almost everyone has a story for why they're there. You know, they have something that they're trying to overcome. It may not be as dramatic as uh, abuse of marriage or, mm-hmm. or cancer, but everyone has a reason for being there. And I just really wanted to connect people because you go to the gym, you see the same people all the time. And you kind of, even though you don't speak to each other, there's kind of like a, a familiar kind of familiarity between each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the the biggest thing that I took away that was, it's it's really tough on your own. Uh, most people work with a trainer. I didn't have a trainer. And it's not that you need them to do, to show you how to exercise, but to the motivation to keep going. Because especially when you start to get into the later weeks, you're eating in a, in a very low carb. So your mind, your focus isn't quite there. Mm-hmm. And you start seeing, you start looking at people, like everyone you see, you start looking at their body and how it's composition, because that's what you're constantly looking at in yourself. So uh, when you're in the gym, TJ, do you have do you also get annoyed when people drop stacks of weight? Because that's that's a pet peeve of mine when I'm in the yes. gym. I just wanted to know if that was something that you also share. Yeah, yeah, I'm not big on the the weight drop. Mostly, I I, I don't really notice it on machines. Mm-hmm. I notice it on um, like the free weights, like the dumbbells. People will come up from the they're doing a bench press with uh, say dumbbells. Yep. And then they just drop them and throw them down. And I think that's pretty. It's kind of bad gym etiquette. 
Yeah. Let me just say to you both, I have apologized for this multiple times, but that's what I do. I take my 25 pound dumbbells and I throw them down. (laughs) The only ones I can throw. (laughs) Well, thankfully, you actually have a home set up now, Jay. I do. I have a home set up So that you're not going to be dropping weights in people's condos anymore. No. I, for one, am thrilled. Have you ever been to uh, Planet Fitness? Never. I'm not. Planet Fitness is this particular kind. They don't want any kind of a gym bro kind of uh, culture in there. So you're not allowed the, the big water bottles. You can't wear like the spaghetti kind of uh, tank oh, tops. Yeah. They don't really, you can't do deadlifts. And if you drop the weight, there's this big lunk alarm that goes off and a siren goes. Oh, oh they need one of those. Ask you to leave and stuff. I like that. I wonder, I'm going to bring this up with the next condo board meeting. I think we need one of those for downstairs, <laughs> dude, because... I unfortunately come across this every single week. There's always people and TJ, it's usually on the leg press. These guys are pressing and then they just let it go. They take their feet and they just let the stack drop. And you're not doing yourself any service, right? Like you're not even getting the full, the full movement. So you're cheating yourself. You're getting like a half rep instead of a full. And, but beside that, it's just damn irritating. Yeah. And do you you give them like a look, look away? Do you be like, I always do. I always do do that. Do that. Do the, the audible. You do oh, I don't do that. I mean, you. <laughs> no, you should do that. With my mouth, Jay, but I, I will, <laughs> I will give the, give the cut eye because come on, man. Yeah. Let's let's be real here. Like, not we're not Olympians. You don't have to act like you're shooting pumping iron too or whatever. <laughs> I, I encourage you cool. to add in the. Oh, just well, next time, just try it. Next time you're over and you throw down your 25s, okay. I'll, I'll do know. that to you. I'll, I'll do that connect. to you. I'll be like, I'll, I'll see myself out. It, maybe there needs to be a, a scene in Cobra 2 with the guy who drops weights and Cobra has to, you know. Absolutely. Now, I would love to see that. Better. But he doesn't just go over, TJ. He shoots up the place. How about, like, <laughs> it, it just drives him so. And then he can use any machine he wants because everyone's dead. Boom. And I'll be one of the dead guys working out. No, maybe at the end of the movie. So you drop the weight, Cobra shoots him. And uh-huh. he's, it's an outside gym. And by this time I've rehabilitated my character who is the snowplow and I move and I plow snow over him. And then there's like a little nod and a thumbs up to, between Cobra and the snowplow guy. I like, it sounds expensive, but I think we can do Not it. Not bad. And there'll be like all these bikini models because I do have that sex addiction, right? Is that, was that it? Well, you're a sex maniac. Sex maniac. <laughs> That's right. That so, We're bringing that So it's back. like, it's a, it's a party. <laughs> it's kind of like a party snowplow. <laughs> like know. you said writing itself it's writing so, itself it seems good and then I we mean, ride off into the sunset you wrote the third act just <laughs> right then okay Amazing. that's it i'm gonna go finish this thing uh, <laughs> and with that i mean that's our show i mean that's a show right there but when you write a movie while you're doing a show that is a successful show and uh, i just want to take a moment to thank our guest tj chesley i uh, really appreciate you being here and sharing um uh, that's some pretty impressive stuff between documentaries and, and the working show on reality on. shows. That's yeah. pretty awesome. What's the name of the show again? The name of the show is Farmhouse Facelift. Farmhouse Facelift. So we'll check that out. Ch- uh, TJ, thank you so much for being here. Um, Barry, we will be here again next week. And yes, to we our will. listeners, you can always follow us. Our main home is on Facebook. You can follow us on Instagram. And uh, we want to hear from you. And of course, you can always reach out on our text line. Barry, that number is? 647-486-4848. I love saying the number. I got it memorized. Jay, one day you will too. (laughs) One day. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, TJ. Great to see you, buddy.